to the Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 102, Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we reach into the mailbag to answer some questions, and then review the molten Super duper lava hot game, Ark Nova. Hey everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. I was trying to get to the point that it's hot. It's did, hot. Did, did, did hot. you get that? Yeah, you forgot like I don't know, Mashugana and like all that other. <laughs> well, you Good know, job. hey, I was just I'm, I'm trying to relay a point here. Yeah. All right, so the lots of superlatives game. Woo! All right. Uh, Real quick, just on a note, uh, the Royals signed Zach Grinke for one-year deal. Don't make uh, me. Uh, yeah, give me homework. Just, I know, right? No one wants to hear about baseball. But yeah. Somebody might want to know that the Royals signed Zach Grinke. <laughs> no, and no. Uh, Yes. Hey, maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, no? Okay. No. Well, no. Aren't they one of the worst teams? Yeah. Richie. No one cares. Richie, right. Richie. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it is a happy St. Patrick's Day, you guys. I mean, we're recording on St. Patrick's Day. I hope everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, we are. That's right, so. Oh, no one's wearing green, so I know. we're not very we're festive. Yeah, uh, no. yeah, I didn't even remember. Uh, I mean, it's I, it's already six o'clock. Like in my former life, now's about the time I would have lost my flip flops already. And <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> and I just had to steal because Knox set up a leprechaun trap. Oh yeah, and he put he had uh-huh. some change. He put some change in there, so oh, I got yeah. a, I got a little change in my pocket now. Nice. So yeah. way to go. Yeah, I swing by the gas station, get myself a drink or something. <laughs> Can you I buy feel a drink for that for change like that. <laughs> it's a dollar. Uh, it's a dollar's worth. I probably. I no, I probably no, can't probably buy not. a drink. No. Right? <laughs> he I mean, does not the, getting it back. That's all I know. Just <laughs> photocopy the coins like the Beavis and Butthead maneuver. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for you. There we go. Uh, uh, guys, we're we're getting close. You realize it's just a little over two months until PPCon. I realize. Woo-ee. It is exciting. I am pumped. So, so if you are planning on coming, please get in there. Sign up. Uh, email me. Let me know because uh, I got to officially book all the rooms here very soon. So if you're thinking about coming, please let me know. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. We got people coming from everywhere. Florida, Washington. That's going to be a blast. I've been putting together the, the numbers for the library. Yeah. Top vote. Wildcatters. That's right. Ooh, yeah. I'm talking about that okay. a lot. What else has been kind of big votes on there? I was uh, the curious. top three are Wildcatters, Age of Steam, uh-huh. and Ark Nova. Okay. Well, two out of three ain't bad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we actually, uh, we, you know, this is so hot. I mean, we, we should already plan on, on next year. Maybe we, we have like a Nebraska cruise or something like that. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> a land cruise? Yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe you said like a train yeah, cruise. Yeah. I mean, that's You'd all get thing. in a paddle boat and go right? across the lake or something. Well, yeah. Richie and I talked about this quite a bit, how we would love to take a train across the country. I would like that. Oh, that would be a blast. Yeah. I don't think we would have enough room to play Age of Steam on no. it. No, I don't uh, know where we would go. but Yeah, but it'd be, you know, it'd be fun. It's yeah, a process. It'd be, it'd be a blast. Yeah. I can see you guys and like you guys run, running to catch this like empty train car with your with your box of Age of Steam. <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody sleeping in this empty train car in the corner and you guys are trying to 
like a little, on, little knapsack yeah, thing. Exactly. Like I'll pull. Yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> perhaps we should talk about board games. Oh, let's talk about board games. I don't know. Chad, what have you been playing here lately? Well, uh, you did uh, the whole musical thing last weekend, which was great. Uh, you went to see, wasn't it Mean Girls? I went to, yeah, I took my daughters to see Mean Girls. What so. a guy. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, it was I, good. It was good. Clef exposing himself to culture, which is good. Culture uh, culture hey, was horrified, but, I you know. I <laughs> love, I have seen like 10 Broadway musicals. Oh, right? I know. Yeah, I know. So I, I, love, I love me a little musical. That's good. Yeah. Well, Richie and I got together and we played a couple of games. We played, uh, first we played Radlands because I, I thought it might be a game Richie would like. And then we played Hippocrates. So I'll, I'll talk about both of those. But I've mentioned Radlands before in my top 100. And it's no surprise that that's kind of on there. But Radlands is a two player dueling card game from. Roxley games and basically you have camps you at the beginning of the game you have these three camps that have special powers uh, you're dealt out I believe six and you're choosing your three and then you turn them face up and then you get so many cards based on what those camps were and what their powers are and then you are trying to play those cards out to basically have uh, guys in front of the camps to use powers to attack um, or defend your camps basically because the object of the game is to destroy the opponent's three camps and then you have won the game water is the resource because this is a very mad max kind of universe it's it's very very reminiscent so that is what you're going to be spending to play these cards out it's a very tight resource you can get water but it doesn't hold over in rounds so you want to make sure to spend all of it and each card that you play can either be played uh for the value of the person kind of in front of the camp or it can be junked, which means that you can play it down into the discard for the icon that's in the top corner, which lets you do different things like um, draw more cards because cards surprisingly are really hard to get in this game. And uh, things like maybe destroy or to attack a camp or to attack a person. Um, most of the people have like two hits on them as do the camps uh, before you destroy them. So you're just trying to do those sorts of things and, and refresh uh, guys if you can. Those, those kinds of things on your turn. It's very nice back and forth game. I have the deluxe uh, set, which makes it really nice because the uh, the water tokens are like ceramics sort of bake-like tiles and the cards are this really nice sort of th synthetic plastic and it's got mats which mats are nice for this game because it shows you the setup because you also can play an event card uh which will go off and the nice things about these event cards is they most of them don't go off right away it's like a timer and each time you start your turn it moves up one more so you're going to have like three slots some of the most powerful cards they're pretty powerful but you can see them coming so each time i start my turn it moves up one more slot until it goes off uh, on the beginning of your next turn. So it's kind of like you can see these things coming and plan for them, different things like that. It's I think it's a really great two-player game with a nice streamlined rule set. Richie, what did you think when you played the game? I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I was expecting to. Mine, mine's being held up by Arc Nova, which is uh -oh. now not coming in until next month. But, right. Uh, so no, I, I was excited to try yours, and actually, after we got done playing, I ended up ordering the playmats. Because yeah. I think... Uh, it's not necessary, but they're extremely nice for that game. It's easier to teach. It's one of those games where actually yeah. the playmats serve a functional purpose, I feel like. Definitely. But yeah, I like the push and pull back and forth between the two players. And it's, 
like there's no i mean you're kind of setting up for those kind of big moves where you hopefully like take out a whole row and get down to one of their camps but uh it's a solid game right i think quite a bit i think it kind of uh it kind of respects two different play styles just like you said kind of saving up if you can on a turn and really ramping up uh so you're not always playing all your cards or that one where you're just eking out and eking out and eking out and you finish out your hand but you're hoping that the next hand you draw is really going to be the one that pushes you through but uh yeah i I think it's a solid game and uh it it does well at at what it's trying to do clef i know you played this uh just so you can get your say and you did not care for it as much uh just just uh, my style of game right really the best way to put it i mean i i what it was doing, I think, was doing just fine, and the components were just, uh, you know, beautiful. The nice heavy water pieces, and you you had the mats. Then I'm assuming, okay, right. so yeah, those all looked really nice. Um, I thought it was an interesting card game, but just something that just is not in my style right now of of a game that I really want to play. Uh, you know, to me, it can, you know, and I'm sure it's, it's not as. I mean, I think it's probably better, but it, it seemed like the same. Uh, what was that other capstone game that was like a two player? Back and forth. Rift Force. Rift Force. Rift Force. Yeah. I mean, you know, just kind of reminded me of that. You know, I don't know. Just wasn't much to it. You played Rift Force, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you get that feeling? Not just at all with Rift Force. Just yeah. similar. But I mean, you're just fighting back and forth. Quick card game that you're going to be playing in a 15 minutes to a half an hour type of game and, you know, moving on. I mean, it, it, come on. If the game's not like four hours long and I don't finish it, I'm not interested. No, I. I'm just saying it's just not for me. Right. But I did right. think yeah, yeah, yeah. it was very nice, and I think it was actually a really good game, and I think a lot of people would like I, I mean, I could see where people would like it. Just and if you, not my style. If yeah. you don't get the the uh, deluxe version, um, which you don't have to, I mean, even taking a chance on it, it's 20 bucks. I mean, it's still a pretty darn good game, I feel like, for 20 bucks. But uh, the other game we did play uh, was Hippocrates, which is from Game Brewer and Alain Aubin, who also helped uh, design Trois, and also uh, Black Angel. Angel, thank you. I tried to blank part of it out. <laughs> tried to like block that out of your yeah, mind? Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I wanted to try this because I really like the theme. It's Hippocrates, right? So it's Greek medicine, you know, back in the day. It's, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it would kind of be up your alley. It's got that Gre- Greco Roman historical bent to it there, Clef. And, Absolutely. All right. Uh, but the, mm-hmm. the thing is, it's the beginning of medicine and I you're. Mean, no? The theme will be up his ass. That that's what I meant. Yeah, oh, that's okay. exactly what I, I meant. don't think this game. No, 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 no. no, no. I don't think really? so at all. Yeah, okay. I know. Okay. No, no. We'll keep going. Uh, but okay. but uh, you are basically trying to start your own team of doctors. Your Hippocrates is passing away, and you want to pass on the baton to the next generation. So you you have these doctors, and you're going to start out, and you will. It, it has kind of an interesting sort of auction system almost where you're trying to take these different patients you're welcoming these different patients and they each give you certain things or take away certain things as you take these patients and these patients have different things on them it's great because they have like little sores on their bodies and stuff like that and they, but they needed need to be treated by three different kinds of medicine which are resources basically they're blue green and purple medicine but they're you know potions unguents and you know stuff like that so you have to make sure that these patients are treated with these specific resource potions. And then you have to make sure you have those potions. And then you have to have doctors that can administer those specific ones. So after you go and welcome these patients, then you are going up top of the board to get doctors. You're going to 
they, they can be auctioned off. You will also try to get them based on your reputation, okay? But you have to be careful because if your reputation isn't high enough, you won't get the first choice of doctor and you're going to have to pay your doctors more because all the doctors need to be paid too. And the doctors will hang around until all their contract slots are fulfilled. So I have a doctor maybe that can treat red and, uh, excuse me, can treat green and blue medicine. And I have two patients, but if I don't slot them in right, then there's a contract left open. I have to pay for them round after round after round until I get those all filled out. So actually, I wasn't sure at first how I would feel about this game, but it is it is actually interesting because there's some planning involved. Um, if you don't treat your patients, they move from your examination room down to your emergency room. And then after that, it's down to the river of sticks or whatever. Basically, they pass away. So it's kind of like clinic, basically, Ooh, that way. I was say, it reminded me of clinic. Yeah. There. So you're really trying to get the resources and then the doctors and make those fit the patients. And the patients are interesting because you can slot two doctors on a different patient. So let's say this doctor only treats blue and this doctor only treats green and the patient needs blue and green. You can slot them together and, and fulfill one at, at the same time if you're if you're uh, doing it right. So it's a lot of tile placement, resource management, um, that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of recipe fulfillment, which I think is, I would say probably the most drab part of it, honestly, because it's very, well, you do this and then you do this. It's interesting. I'm not sure it has a lot of plays to it, but it was more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth checking out. But it, yeah, I don't think it has the legs to you know be a, an essential in your collection or anything like that. Right. The whole uh, where you're gathering the resources after we roll the dice, that's probably my favorite part as far as collecting those right during the game yeah and, and that makes sense i i i also think it was interesting that it, it said use this side of the board because the other side of the board's for an expansion and i was thinking <laughs> okay that's that's presumptuous i don't know what they'd add here but all right hmm. so and it's definitely uh, you can tell it's a kickstarter because it's i mean the board is way too big for that game oh yeah You're like you need like half the board it's just like they made everything way bigger than it needed to be just you know hmm. for like stretch goals stuff like that but i uh, gotcha uh, but it's not a bad game. It, it definitely works. So is this worth a play for me? Would you say too light pass? I don't know. You're tough. I mean, nowadays, you're, hap you're happiest playing a game that you barely understand for four to five hours. Yeah. And, and, don't, finish. and don't finish it. So it's true. Really I, good. So you're probably going to finish this game. So that's a that's a mark against it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Chad's going to be able to teach you pretty quick. Also probably a mark against it. If, mm. I, if I were to bet eight times out of ten, I would bet that he would not like it mm. yeah no yeah. i would guess that you wouldn't yeah. like it yeah well, i'll give it a try okay <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of games that take uh like four or five hours and or game brewer games i know you played those two too well give us yeah what you I, I got a couple of things and I, I'll, I'll hit on the first one really quick because i i have not even finished a full game of this but got a chance the other night to play bayonets and tomahawks which is a two-player game from uh, GMT Games, and it is, I'll just say this, it's its a little bit different than a lot of these card-driven uh, two-player war games that I've been playing here lately. This one, you have a lot, you really only have like two cards to choose from each, each of your turns, and then you have different forces that you're going to be using, and like I said, I'm just going to skim on this, but so when you do this, you'll either have your light forces or your heavy, like your, you know, your main army forces that you move. And then the battle sequence, uh, you know, depends on these. 
I don't even really want to go into it too much. Like I said, I, I didn't finish it. We learned it from the book, and and uh, it's a little it's it's tough. It's 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 a tough game to kind of learn from that. But I thought what I did learn, it was really interesting. And I'm really looking forward to getting it back to the table and then coming back and talking about it later. So I'm going to table that one. The game that I am going to talk about that I have gotten, I've actually gotten now three plays of this game in, and that is Stroganoff. Beef Stroganoff. No. No? No. Not Beef Stroganoff. I do not like Beef Stroganoff. Oh, no. I I liked this, but but I did not like Beef Stroganoff. (laughs) Uh, Stroganoff. Stroganoff. Yes. This is a, I, I would kind of say a worker placement game um, with kind of a twist in the fact that you, everyone starts off on one side of the board and, you, and kind of the theme is, is that you are moving out further into Siberia and you're trying to uh, hunt, you know, to get furs and, you know, try to uh, establish outposts and stuff further into Siberia through these different landscapes kind of. And so there's these landscape tiles that you're moving further into Siberia. And then when you get there, you're going to be taking action. So you'll always have like a basic action that you can take. And then you'll have kind of a, what they call an advanced action, which is in this area that is specific to whichever area you're in. You can either go to a town, you can get these things called yurts uh, that are kind of like special tiles that you get. And, but the main mechanism in this game is you're collecting these furs and these furs have numbers on them from two to eight. And a lot of the actions will require you to pay furs and you have to pay exact. So if you owe a five fur, you have to pay with a five fur. You can't pay with a two and a three fur, or you can't even pay with a six fur. It can't be over. It has to be the exact number. Now you can use a coin to make any fur that number if you want to, but coins are pretty uh, limited. You can't, you know, they're not easy to get. And you're just going to be, so you're, you're trying to collect these furs to get different things, which allow you to collect these landscape tiles. You actually like get a collect them and you get points for those. You're putting out, like I said, you're putting out outposts as you move along. The nice thing about an outpost is it allows you to do an action in a different area than where your, uh, Cossier, I think is what it was called. Uh, it's your meeple, but anyways, where that's at. Um, and then the last kind of part about it is, is that you're also collecting these, how do they call them song points where you, yeah, they're, they're ballads basically. So that they're writing stories of your great adventures, you know, into the, to the land of Siberia. But every, after every autumn during the winter, everybody's got to go back home because obviously it gets so cold and frozen. You can't stay out there. So you always have to start over again. Um, Really. I'm a pretty solid game. I mean, I was surprised. Yeah, I, I this is by Andreas Stedding, yeah. he of Hansa Teutonica fame. So, I mean, it, it's from a solid designer. We haven't yeah. always liked all of his games, but this one, this one is an interesting mechanism. It's not like there. It's not like you're going down a whole bunch of different avenues. You, the furs are the game. Basically, that's your currency. You got to you've got to do it. But there are different ways to go about moving up the score track and doing the things that you need to get yeah. done. The idea is that you're partnering with the czar who wants you to expand Russia into Siberia, basically. And so you're fulfilling these favor things, the czar's favors, and getting points for those. And yeah, and yeah. then and then those landscape tiles symbolize you know contracting those towards towards Russia, Toward, basically. Towards Russia, yeah. yeah. So. Hmm. Uh, multiple different ways kind of to score points. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, just, I thought it was, it was a fun game. I thought the components were, were decent. Um, 
I know, Chad, you said you got in your box, you got two of the same punch board. Yeah, I, I can't. And it's not playable the <laughs> so, way it is because oh, it's just well. it, it has so many of one kind of fur right. and none of another. And hmm. so uh, but uh, yeah, I contacted Game Brewer. So hopefully they're going to get yeah. back to me soon. But the art actually, it's mostly landscapes. But for some reason, to me, it just captured my fancy. I really, really love this art. Yeah. Um, I wish I it's Matush. Uh, and I cannot think of his last name, but anyway, ch- check it out. It's the art is fantastic. I think. Yeah, I think you'll like this one, Richie. I think uh, you know. I'm I, excited to try it out. I don't. I wouldn't say this game has got a lot of legs. I think that you know, kind of replayability wise, it's 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 going to fall down kind of quickly. But I mean, I still think it's. Pro- I mean, I think it's got four or five plays in it for which for me at least. Yeah, that's you know that's that's a great game nowadays. So. Sure. Yeah. All right. So that is Strov- Stroganov by Great Game Brewer and Andre Steady. Richie, you? Well, uh, Joe Farrow actually taught me how to play Hamlet right. on uh, on Tabletop Simulator. Okay. Nice. Uh, which it's, it's currently on Kickstarter. I think Mighty Boards is the publisher. I'm not sure who the designer is. David Cherkov. Thank you. Uh, and it's a game that's on Kickstarter right now, and I think it should still be up. You might have a few days once this uh, podcast comes out. But in the game, it's kind of a, a tile placement, worker placement game. Uh, the way that it works is that you guys are, everyone is collectively trying to you know, build out this hamlet or small village. And you have, you start the game, you have a, a worker and a donkey. And on your turn, you're, you can do your donkey actions and your worker actions. The donkey actions are real easy. If you want to move your donkey, you can move it one space, one adjacent space, as long as it's connected by a road. And then you're moving your workers. And like I said, you only start the game with one. Uh, allows you to go activate a building or construct a building or construct a path. You can do one of those three things. So at the very beginning of the game, there's only four actions that are available to you. Three of them are production actions. So all they do is when you go to that building, uh, you will just fill in the resources. And that's one of the cool things in this game is that the resources are available to everyone. So even though you go to that building and you fill in the resources, anyone can take those resources and use them to construct buildings, to construct uh, paths and different things like that. Uh, The other action that's available to you at the very beginning of the game is you can go and you can buy more workers, you can buy more donkeys, or you can also get tiles that you can then later on build, which will give access to more actions that we can do in the game. But the whole goal of the game is that you're trying to build this church that's in the middle of the town center. And once, uh, I think there's five spots that are available on there to be built. And once those five spots are built, uh, the game end is triggered and uh, you just check to see who has scored the most most points. The whole sharing of resources is my favorite part of the game because uh, it kind of gives you that that brass feel where it's like I, I need money because anytime you go and you refill those uh, basic resources, you get cash, which then you can use to buy your new workers or which so that you have more actions on your turn or buy donkeys. And all donkeys do is that they give you they give you more reach as far as your adjacencies of things, because in order for you to construct a building, you have to be connected to all those resources. And you, like I said, it doesn't matter who has them or who put them out or whatever. You can take them, but you have to have adjacency to those resources to do it. And as you start building your, as you keep building out the small village, uh, your workers can only take resources where they are directly adjacent to. If you can make a string of donkeys that go across the whole village, then you could potentially have access to all resources that are in the town. Uh, But it it is a a very interesting game. Like I said, I I think, uh, Clef, I think you would actually like, it's not light. It's definitely a medium weight game, 
but it, I mean, it plays fast. Like a four-player game, once everyone knows it, probably an hour, hour and a half tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get that that brass feel of, you know, I want to put out, I want to build this building and put out these resources. But if I do that, I know that Joe is going to be able to use those resources to score more points than I'm getting from making this building. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I don't know if I'm going to back it, but I'm real close to backing it. I want a, a few more plays then. Uh, but I, I do enjoy it. I, I know Joe likes it. I think he's played it like 10 times by now. Uh, I don't know if he's backing that. I didn't ask him that question. But it, it, should, it is a good game. Yeah. Uh, the designer, I think, has designed Petrichor. That's, I think, one of his yeah. games. Yeah, I think that's their biggest one. Yeah. Other than this is getting a lot of buzz, though, right now. I, I will tell you something, having looked at it. And this is really very surface of me. Um, and I don't usually have like OCD tendencies. But one thing was really bothering me. These tiles are very different shapes. Yeah. And then when you're supposed to build them out on the board, you're supposed to match up the the roads and stuff. So like you have jagged edges, like touching other jagged <laughs> edges. And it just, it, it does not, you know how you, when you put a puzzle together and it fits right where it fits, it's very satisfying. This was like the opposite of that looking at, at it that. does look cool though. Once you finish and you don't, you don't necessarily have to match up the roads right away. Uh, and you can also just build pass through the different sides that's one of the actions that you have you have these roads that are the your color and you can build them and at the end of the game you'll get points for your road that depending on how many tiles are accessible because of your road essentially okay um but no yeah it, it does look a little crazy out there with all the different <laughs> but it works okay it works all right so yeah, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Like I said, it should be a couple more days that it's still available on Kickstarter. Uh, definitely worth at least uh, trying out once it comes to retail, if anything. So, Hamlet. All right, done. <laughs> <Just backed. laughs> Sold me. Hey, uh, anytime you can sell Clef on a Kickstarter, that's easy. The wind blew. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> but speaking of Kickstarter. Let's uh, head on over to do a, an actual Kickstarter corner. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this Kickstarter is from somebody who is no stranger to our podcast, or, or maybe I should say... He is he is well, not a stranger to us anyway. Probably, yeah, he's a stranger to our podcast. He's never even heard of us. <laughs> well, he he actually know, he actually kind of knows. Richie's kind of infamous. Well, I, would say. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Alvin Viard. Alvin Viard. No. Yes. I was just I just talked to him the other day on yeah. BGG. <laughs> All right, fantastic. About tramways. Though. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, well, there you go. I don't care anymore, Chad. What Richie? What do you, what are you talking about? Uh, next year, there's going to be a deluxe. <laughs> oh, that's right. Deluxe, deluxe uh, tramways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I was trying to track down the red expansion, oh, and, red and mini expansion. It, yeah. He was like, "Well, it's all going to be in a, a deluxe version on uh, next year." I think Ooh, it's going to launch. So. Boom! You heard nice. it here, people. There you go. That's yeah. some breaking news right there. I wonder if that'll be uh, Cappy again for it, like they did Clay. Oh, prob- probably. Oh, wow, that'd be nice. Although I saw Clay, uh, he backed the clinic or not clinic. What's the small one that's city? out? Small city. That's one we're about to talk city. about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's no, what no. we're bringing up. Hey, 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 how about that? <laughs> hey, small city. 
uh, from Alvin Small Yard. world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Clay backed it. You should, too. Uh, so anyway, Alvin Yard uh, is uh, doing a deluxe Kickstarter. So all the expansions in this one and everything. And this is a city-building game. And each round, you're going to take somebody like the mayor or, you know, the architect or different things that give you different powers. Um, you're building your city out. Like we've talked about, it's very interactive. You can send your people to other people's uh, places in the city, and that makes a pollution in their city. It can, you know, put them over to do d- different things. I have a feeling, Richie, once you play it, you're really going to enjoy that game. And I, I backed uh, it. Yeah, that was a yeah. smart choice on your part. Alvin usually tends to uh, to uh, basically tickle our sweet spots with most of his game stuff. So, yeah. And he says right here, he is happy to announce the ultimate edition of the game, which he considers his magnum opus. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, that that yeah, is saying a lot. It does, right? So, I mean, between clinic, tramways, lots of HD right. maps. I if mean, you read wow. the tramways... If you read the the tramways uh, manual, it kind of talks about like building your small city and taking the train from the small city. Like I, this would be a your brains would melt out your ears, but it would be fun to do like a small city tramways clinic day. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you like you move from your the small city and then yeah. you jump into tramways. Yep. You got to move and then you got to go to the clinic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, by the time you say there's about about a week left, okay. uh, still to back this, it is a little on the higher price. I mean, it's certainly not cheap. It's it's a little over a hundred bucks uh, with the shipping and everything. Yeah, so and then part of that cheap. is is new shipping and shipping overseas for yeah. us. So, yeah, exactly. but you're getting the expansion you know, so. with that. Yep, yeah, as well. Yep. And, and on there, looking good. Yeah. Yeah, everything looks good. Yeah, if you've seen the clinic deluxe version, it's got the same kind of style. Uh, but he also is doing a a uh, coupon code for his website. So if you were looking to order something that's active right now, and I think it's active just for this campaign while the campaign's going, but I think you get free shipping or some percentage off or something like that. With right. That so if you don't have your age of steam maps or yeah, things of that on nature the, on that stuff. Yeah. Quanchai Mori, I believe, which is, it uh, is really great too. So yeah. Yeah, check it out. It's, it's a nice, nice little team up uh, on a, on a game that I really like that if I probably had more plays of it, it'd be even higher in my top 100. Yeah, absolutely. I would, would make my top 100 because I've only played it the one time. Sure. But yeah. I'm excited about this. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3dbitspace at etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. You know, there's so many games. I walk into the store and I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm overwhelmed. And then they're just kind of stacks on stacks. It's kind of a mess. I, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do. What? All right. You should go to Hobby Town in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know why? Why? Because they have a great staff there that's going to help you pick out a game. So they'll help me choose a game that's right for me and my family? Absolutely. You go in there, you kind of tell them maybe what you're interested in. All their staff is very well knowledgeable about games and they can pick out different ones. They can make suggestions. And you know what? If they don't have it, you know what they'll do? What? They will order it for you and get it and it doesn't cost you any shipping. That's big in today's world. You got two locations in in Lincoln, Nebraska that you can go and go get all that great help from their great staff. 
All right, fellas, we got a question from Aaron Schmitkins. Uh, what are your thoughts on games where the scores are always close versus games that can have a clearly defined leader? Uh, the worst instances of this is games with catch-up mechanisms that make this happen artificially. And then he kind of goes on uh, that it's it can be kind of upsetting when you lose by like a three-point chit when you've been collecting a bunch of three-point chits like throughout the game and then you just lose by one where the game kind of artificially kept people around mm. rather than just having like a clearly defined winner. I kind of see what he's saying. I mean, I, I certainly like games where there is no artificial catch-up mechanism. You know, I mean, if, if you're doing well in the game, you should be doing well in the game, and I don't think you should be penalized for it. Um, however, I do like games that make where, like, uh, say, like, for instance, Clinic, where being or power grids another one you know being in the lead gives you a kind of a penalty in the fact that you don't get as much information but yet you know you you get other benefits you know so i like kind of games like that uh, one thing and i he didn't really necessarily ask this but i you know i've always thought I, most of the times i usually like games where it's unknown what the score is before the end of the game. Like a lot of the scoring mm, is, yeah. you know, like great Western trail. It's always fun at the end of the game mm -hmm. to go, Ooh, what is everybody going to score as opposed to Russian railroad, you know, where you just see your score just climbing and climbing and climbing, but you get to see where everybody else's is too. And sometimes I can see what he's saying. I mean, if you're a hundred points behind in, in Russian railroads, you know, you know, unless you've had some huge weird, last round or something you just know you're not going to win out. type of thing yeah, yeah. um uh, i think i would say you know for his question i would go more towards the ones that don't have catch-up mechanisms or anything like that but i'd also say i really like a lot of games where i don't know what the score is you know age of steam is the same way i mean especially if it's really close then it's like, oh, now we got to count up track, you know, and I never do that before the end of the game. Like I just, I'm, sometimes I'm surprised. So I like those type of games usually more than I like the games where you kind of can see it or whatever. And then, you know, know that you're already out of it before the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely avoids that feeling like, like Chad has talked about, like in food chain magnate where, you know, going into the last round, someone has like $500 piled up and you have a hundred dollars and you know that, nothing's going to change nothing's going to change that right uh so yeah like concordia is that way as well where you're just going to do your thing and at the end you'll find out how well you did so yeah i would agree i, I do like that don't like the artificial catch-up mechanisms uh but e i mean it doesn't bother me either way though i like i don't mind playing games where i get blown out if it's a good game sure and i can see what they did to you know to get to that score and it's something that i can improve upon myself so i, I it doesn't bother me personally but I, I do understand you know where that can be disheartening when you're playing to be out so so early and i'm sorry chad i don't mean to, i know you're about to answer the question too but would you rather lose a game by one point or win by like a hundred points where the game's not even close and it's just not even, you know, it's just a complete blowout. And you've oh, I'd rather, I'd rather, if it's a good game, yeah. like that we were all making great decisions, I'd yeah. rather lose by one point. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'd and, rather uh, it be close. I'd rather have a great game a where I lose by a point mm -hmm. than me just win by 100 points or whatever, you know, equivalent would be for yeah. the game or whatever. So uh, what about you, Chad? I, I think I, that's a, that, no, I'm just saying, I yeah. think that's a, what, yeah, I was going to say this earlier. I think that's sort of a Euro gamers stand up die roll moment. 
You know, like the reveal of the score at the end and what it really is versus what you think it might be is sort of like our version of like, oh, look at that, you know. And so you get more of that when it's really close and that that feels more fun, more interesting, more edge of your seat rather than winning by 100 points. So, yeah, I, I would say the same thing. The only game that I would say that I really enjoy, you know, and and food chain, I I do like kind of what what you're doing. But yes, after a while, if the game goes on for a long time and it feels like doing more of the same, and you're just scrabbling at at the the scraps from the table, that's hard uh, if you're if you're in that situation. But I would say that like 18xx is the only time that I like really sort of those large disparities and still playing in the game and still seeing what happens because I think that is so much about timing every single round that it, it, it's it's still revealing stuff to me as we go whereas sometimes if i get beat over the head with a bat in in uh food chain i feel like it's the same bat the 10th time you know what i'm saying right so i i, I learn more i think from the, from those types of games sometimes so yeah but uh good question aaron yeah, yeah thanks aaron that's a great question hey uh just real quick i want to just remind everybody uh, end of April, April 29th, 30th, and May 1st, we're all going to be at Great Plains Game Festival. That's, That's right, right. We are. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Hey, we, you just got those beautiful little Punchboard Paradise pins in, too. I did. They look yeah, great. They do look great. I'm excited about that. Um, so we're going to be there. Um, at kind of a, at times we're going to be in a booth, mm-hmm. uh, so people can come up and they can say, hi, uh, we're going to have some opportunities where we'll have our own private table to play some games, which is really cool. And, uh, people can come up and, you know, hopefully get a game in with us. Um, the great thing about great plains game festival is do you like free games? Chad, do you like free games? I like free games. <laughs> well, they're going to not give you just one free game, but two free games. If you pre-register. Is wow. that crazy or what? That is crazy. It's a good deal. Uh, yeah, and one of them is going to be from uh, CGE Games. So you know, hey, they got some good games there. Oh yeah, they got some yeah. nice ones. Arnak so, and Code Names and all those yeah, good ones. Yeah, they got some yeah, really awesome. good ones. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so you're going to get two free games. Besides all that, they've got a great library. So a lot of different games that you can have a chance to play. They do the swap meet. So they got a lot of great things going on. That is in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, at the Lancaster Center. And you can go to uh, their website. You can go there. Anyways, you can pre-register for three days. Uh, it, it's going to be a great time. And we, we look forward to seeing uh, some of the punch punch there and, you know, maybe meet some new people there. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're excited about that. So end of April, uh, Great Plains Game Festival. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for, Ark Nova! I don't know what else we got here. Okay. Uh, I'm I was trying I, to make this as tough as for Richie to edit. <laughs> I don't have any anthropomorphic uh, like elephant voices or. You didn't spend your your work day writing no, up a script. I, I did not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would have. I would have done it, but nope. <laughs> We're just going to talk about Arc Nova. Arc Nova is a one to four player engine building game about building your own zoo. It is from Capstone and Fairland For- Games uh, by Matthias Vigge. And this game plays over a course of 
indeterminate rounds, actually. And it will end when your appeal tracker, which is how uh, how appealing your zoo is, and your conservation tracker, or someone's in the game, cross paths. So kind of that uh, scoring mechanism that comes from Rajas of the Ganges. In Ark Nova, you are going to have a own your own personal zoo to which you will be building enclosures, getting cards and playing down cards with animals on them to put in those enclosures to make your zoo more appealing, while also trying to pay for and donate to certain conservation agencies to get that conservation marker closer to your appeal marker in order to get them to cross. Because as soon as they cross, all other players get a turn, and then you count up the difference between the two markers for everybody, and that's your final score. So really quickly, I'm just going to give a very brief overview because most of the action is done through action selection in this game in the form of these action cards that you will have. You also will have a hand of cards that you will be choosing to play out, but these are your action cards that are below your zoo player mat. These cards are in uh, a sequential order from one to five, and they will get moved around. Five is the most powerful a card can be, and one is the least powerful. And as those cards move up in the actions, they will get more powerful. So if you use a card in the five slot, it's going to be the most powerful, but now you have to stick it in the one slot and everything slides to the right. With the card action, you will basically advance the break token two spaces. The break token is a little coffee cup, which triggers an end of round sort of uh, cleanup phase that gets you income from your zoo and a few other things and wipes the cards. So you'll advance the break token two spaces and then you will draw two cards from the deck or you can take a card from the card row that is out in the market. In addition, the next action is build. To build, you can build little hexagon spots out on your map for enclosures. Some animals will take two spaces, some will take three, some will take five. Each hexagon costs two coins, and you will pay for that enclosure and put it out on your board. And it'll be basically then an open enclosure. Consequently, the third card action we're going to talk about is animals. So if you have an animal card in your hand and you satisfy all the conditions on the card, meaning you can pay the cost of it, you can uh, put it in a size three or larger enclosure, for example, you have the icons listed on the card. This is very much a la Terraforming Mars. You have to have some certain tags to play some of the certain cards into there. If you can do those, then you will pay the cost and fill the empty enclosure that you already have. And then those cards often uh, will get you certain effects. The next action we'll talk about is the sponsor action. The sponsor action is basically you can play a sponsor card from your hand which are different uh, blue cards that give you different abilities. And you're going to be able to play the sponsor card basically that is equivalent to the number that that sponsor action is at on your board, albeit one through five, basically. Or um, you can advance the break token on that track that we've previously talked about and take the money for as many spots as you've advanced it. So that's another way to get money in the game, which is pretty important. The last action that you're going to be able to take is the association is the association action. And when you take the association action, you're going to be able to perform several different tasks on an alternate board as long as you have an association worker to put on. Uh, these can be such things as move up the reputation, academic reputation track, form a sponsorship with another partner zoo in another country, uh, or also get certain academic laureates, basically, which give you other bonuses. In addition, a very important part of that will be that you can score uh, 
uh, certain objectives that have been left down on the board, sort of like tar- terraforming Mars, uh, those objectives that are down on the board. You can get there before anybody else if you've achieved it and put a cube down to uh, take it. If you wanted to go to one of the actions that you've already been to a second time, you would have to have two of your workers rather than just one. So it kind of compounds on itself. That is a very brief overview of the actions and gameplay that is available for Arc Nova. Gentlemen, let us talk about Arc Nova and the components and quality of the rulebook and art. I learned this straight from the rulebook, like popped it open, pulled everything out, and learned it as a four-player game on the fly and thought the rulebook did an excellent job. I mean, very well laid out, very informative, very easy to, to learn from. So very good rulebook. Clef taught me, so I can't, I can't talk about the rulebook. But as far as the art and components... Love the components. I think they did a fantastic job there. The money is the only thing that's just looks very chintzy. <laughs> it does. It looks it like does. a little bit of a punt. But other than that, the the I mean, it's not. It's photos of animals on the cards, and but I think it's integrated well with everything, and the card layout looks good and very easy to read everything. Right. I thought that that was great. It doesn't feel uh, it, the the money at first when you look at it, it feels chintzy, but then it doesn't it doesn't bother you so much, and the. I will talk about the the rulebook in a second, but I will say one fabulous thing that they've included in this is tile trays, just like uh, basically um, a GMT tile. Yeah, a GMT yeah. tile tray type, type of thing. And it is very nice to have in this game because there are a lot of different tiles and resource components and stuff like that. And it is so much easier to set up the game just to have it open with all the different size tiles in their spot. And yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I know I've seen people that have sleeved this thing, and that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't sleeve it. There's so many, and I know. Yeah. I guess if you're a terraforming Mars sleever, maybe because it's like that many cards. It's it's akin to that basically. Yeah. So there's a lot of cards, but I just I don't know. I can't see They're, the cards for what they are. Feel pretty durable. So um, yeah, it was like maybe a couple games in before somebody said that the uh, break token was a coffee cup. I just thought it was like a little brown. <laughs> It is kind of a lumpy coffee cup, but yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little it's a bit. coffee cup. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the, the one thing I, I would say that was included that was really nice, you have a rule book. You also have an index uh, book as well. Mm-hmm. So kind of like sometimes Uwe, Uwe includes in his game, yeah. uh, you can look up certain cards and see exactly what they do right away, which is very helpful. And then if you bought from Capstone, I know that they included, I don't know if everybody else will get this, but they have a, you can probably look it online, but they have a starter deck and actually most people don't need this but i taught my family to play using that the starter decks you have starter objective cards and starter decks and then each hand um, in this starting guide says you're going to want to do these couple actions this first round you're going to want to do this and what i did was i kept that in front of me i set the board down gave a two-minute explanation to my son and my wife and said oh, you've got this hand. You're going to want to try to do this this turn. And they started, and that's how I taught the game so that they would not feel overwhelmed, and it went really well that way. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I just threw those sheets out because obviously I don't <laughs> pay attention to that stuff. But, I would uh, say for those that but, do, though, it's, yeah, a, it's a, nice, a nice thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. To give you a little direction, because obviously when you just get your cards, where well, you get eight to start and you got to discard down to four. Right. right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you're... If you're playing with people that are new to this type of system, that those would definitely be helpful. Well, let's talk about gameplay. I think we can move right on to gameplay. This is a good game, all right? This is a very good game for exactly what it is trying to do. Um, I The card play is my favorite part of this game. 
Okay, so as Chad kind of described in his overview, you have the five cards, and then you know obviously as the further right they get, the more powerful of actions you get from them. Very reminiscent um, of Civilization: A New Dawn. Correct. Yep. I mean, this was uh, you know that for sure taken right from that. Um, and but I like that, you know, and I like the fact then you do different things to then uh, be able to flip those cards over and make them even more powerful. So every time you get an option to upgrade a card, you've got to think. Ooh, what card am I going to upgrade? And I like the fact that no matter what you do in the game, you can only upgrade four of your five cards. So one of them you're not going to upgrade. And different new ability or new things that you try to pass will require different cards to be upgraded. You know, so I like the fact that you just you can't quite do everything. And I think that's a, a very well done um, mechanism of how they did that. So I like that. You know, it's kind of neat to be building your zoo. You know, you're kind of dropping different um, uh, buildings and stuff into your zoo, and then you're adding the animals to it. Some of them have to be by rocks. Some of them have to be by water. you got those special buildings that eventually you can build. Um, you've also got, like, the kiosks, which can earn you money. And, you know, so overall, I think the gameplay is tremendous. I think they did an excellent job of exactly what they're trying to do. Now, on the flip side for that, this is – this is going to be a very, very solitaire game. You don't have a lot of interaction in this game. Um, especially, boy, at two-player, I felt I, I could care less what the almost what the other player was doing. Um, in a three- or four-player game, maybe when you're going to try to grab the science buildings or the or the university, I think they're called, and then the, um, the cooperations, continent uh, cooperation things, somebody might grab one of those before you. But it doesn't matter because you'll still get one eventually because there's, you know, there's one for everybody in the game. So you're never shut out of them. So I'm just saying, if you're looking for a highly interactive game, this is not going to be it. This is going to be a very solo, do your own thing, create your own zoo, and 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 you're just trying to make your, your pass cross. Uh, you can, I mean, it still throws a wrench in your plans because you don't get to repopulate that, that board, uh, with chits, with cooperation chits or whatever until you go to break. And so you could have this card that you're holding on to and holding on to planning to play it because you have this thing. And basically then, you, you know, it kind of slows everything down, especially if that's a card that has an icon on it that predicates that you get this other hand down. Yeah, that, that's definitely but a thing. Uh, I didn't, but you, you get to break so f frequently. I just didn't ever, there was never a point where I was like, oh my God, I've been sitting here holding this card forever. You know, no, I mean, you just. There's so much other, other yeah, things that you can do is the right thing is yeah. that it may slow you down for like a yeah. half second, but right. there's just other stuff that you can do though, to, to get around it and, until and we hit again, break and it gets refilled. And once again, I find that just to be, I mean, that's part of your puzzle. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not somebody goes. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna take the American continent away from Chad because he knows I know he needs it. You know, I have no idea that you need the American continent. I, I don't think that's true. I could see if I if I'm looking at something, I can see that I want to take something before somebody else. I don't know if you have it in your hand, but like, I, I, sure, you if, could say I'm gonna go grab one before, right. but you could grab the the American one, and I needed the African sure, one. It doesn't. Yes. There is no interaction in that way. It's, I think it's, it's gonna be very yeah. rare that you say you lost the game because of something else someone else did that's correct probably right. i think yeah. you're gonna lose yeah. the game because you messed up your own puzzle right at some point yeah i think that's true there are some interactive cards in this we should say but they're very few and far between and they don't feel that interactive one that feels particularly uh 
I don't know if I would say even mean, but you can put a paralyzed token on a card basically and it and it keeps uh, that card back in its spot. Basically, you can't move that card around. Or there's another one that keeps the card one less than whatever it tends to be at too. Those kinds of things. And, and, and for Care Bear players, you can choose to not do that. And there's like a, a bottom section of the card, which is a solo uh, solo ability in, pl- in case you're playing it solo. And you can just do that for the multiplayer game. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I would say, even if you are a Care I mean, there's there's so few of them. Yes. That, I mean, you very rarely. Yeah, you don't really yeah. feel it that much. Yeah. I, I would agree. And those tokens go away no matter what at the next break the anyways. Next break, you know? so. so like even if you're like, oh, well, okay, I just won't use that one until the next break hits and then it goes away. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with Cuff that my favorite part is that the action selection with the cards. I, I love, sure. you know, managing that, uh, and also the the different maps. I finally got to play with a different map when I played with Chad here this past week um, that they have in there. And then obviously, I mean, this game has done so well that there's going to be more stuff for it. So I mean, it'd be very easy just throwing more maps to mix it up and th- different things like that. But yeah, very enjoyable. But yes, it is very much. You're playing your own game, for, right? For the most part, there was a there there were, and the playing with the different maps is is actually really interesting to me because when I was playing with Richie, I had played a map that I hadn't played with before and thought, oh my gosh, I don't have any spaces to cover up that have association workers. And now, uh, Richie took a couple of things that I thought I was going to be able to get that had association work. I'm not going to get even close to all my workers out now. That that's yeah. interesting, and I hadn't planned for that, you know. So it does. Uh, throw some monkey wrenches in, which is interesting. Yeah, you definitely can do a little bit of a, if this is, you know, you've played it quite a few times and somebody else is playing new, you take one of those, you know, extra special maps and they're, they might have a little ability, but those abilities aren't nearly as good as if you give somebody the basic map because mm-hmm. you don't have those spots where you can go get 5 and $10 and much better actions or whatever like those basic beginning maps do. So because I've been, as I've been teaching, I was taking those harder boards and giving everybody easy boards, and I was like, wow, this makes a big difference. Um, and there's, a, well, because there's a like the beginner boards, there's the e- intermediate board, and then there's the special boards or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've gone down to, I'll just use the intermediate board when I'm teaching people and, you know, probably still lose. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's a fun, like the puzzle of putting your buildings into the zoo is fun, you know, because especially it gives you that good feeling of when you cover up an action, you get those special, you know, things, whatever you cover up or whatever. So that's that's fun to do. It's it's kind of annoying later in the game while all of a sudden you need, oh, I need a I need a five spot to put out this big animal. Oh, I didn't leave myself any right. room to build a five spot. So you got to be careful with that. That's definitely uh, when I've been teaching new players, I'm like, hey, make sure you try to leave room. Don't just go after those bonuses and kind of, you know, mess your board up where then you got to play only the twos and threes and stuff like that. So the the big comparisons are the engine building of terraforming mars and and underwater cities those 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 kind of feel similar then there's the mechanism of civilization a new dawn which is the card mechanism which we find very compelling and really really enjoy and then there there's that raja of the ganges score tracker thing crossing and uh that's really interesting too because i like that they did you play that you play until one crosses and then that's that player's last turn. So if you're going to make them cross, you really have to kind of make sure you build up because everybody else might have uh, a good uh, possibility of crossing that next, 
that next turn that they get or, you know, some good end game scoring stuff that they've built up as well. So I, I like that. And I also think like as you watch those two things get closer and closer together, just the visual representation of that is an interesting tension to the end of the game that that, for example, terraforming Mars didn't have for me. You know, uh, you see somebody start to get closer and closer and you think, oh, my gosh, OK, do I need to speed this up? How long do I have it very I, I enjoyed that with this game? Yeah, it was interesting because instead of saying, okay, well, we're going to play five rounds or, or whatever the case is, it, it is an interesting way to end the game because you can sometimes see, oh, man, Richie's really moving, you know, both of his things. You know, it's getting close. I really got to get moving on doing this thing, you know, that I want to get done or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, certainly, and it feels really good when you pass your two things. You know, you're like, woohoo, because mm-hmm. uh, one thing we haven't talked about is, you can flat score negative in this game. If you don't yeah. cross your things by the end of the game, you've scored negative points. And that's highly unusual for a Euro type of game like this where, you know, yeah, hey, way to go. You built a nice zoo. Hey, you ended up at negative 14 points. Way to go. <laughs> uh, which I'm, in a way, I'm surprised that that was what they could, because, you know, it being a, uh, you know, kind of a Care Bear type of Euro game. That's, I mean, that could turn some people off that, you know, I mean, I, I did this and now I don't score any points at all. I think, so it, the the designer, if you read his, his design uh, bio on the box, I think it's because, and I like this, he made conservation important. So if you don't, if you get a, it's easy to get your appeal up because you're just always playing animals into your zoo. So that's always going up. But if you don't work hard on that green conservation track and don't get it across, you that's where usually you'll get the ne- negative points because you won't get it around usually quick enough. And I think, you know, he sponsored, I think he sponsored an otter and a home zoo near him and stuff. I think he's made this game. So like, if you don't make your zoo so that not only is it popular, but it's also conservation friendly, then you're not going to do well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I see the theme in it. I'm just saying that somebody who maybe doesn't play a lot of games might be a little bit of a turnoff just to realize, Oh, I didn't, you know, didn't even score anything, but the great thing about this game though. And I think there's the, the thing I love about this game is I think there's so many smart decisions. This appeals to, to me, to a pretty broad range anyway. And I would say what is interesting about this versus terraforming Mars again, is you have your own board like underwater cities that you're building out on, but it's not so abstracted as underwater cities. You have a zoo where you have built the primate uh, area or you built the reptile garden or you built this and people are coming to your petting zoo and you, you know, and so you have your own little story of this thing that you've built, even if you didn't win. And I think that's totally appealing to people. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And that's, uh, I, once I finally get my copy, I'll be able to teach Jessica. I think that's how I'll be able to hook her in. Cause it, it definitely, feels like you're building out your zoo and you, you know you're putting your even though when you put an animal into an enclosure most time i mean you're just flipping over that enclosure and it's not like i mean it's not represented on the board right. that that particular animal is in there uh but still i mean you still get that feel uh so i'm just curious okay what weight would you throw upon this i mean uh if if rococo is kind of the a, a midweight euro where do you put this on on a scale? I would say it doesn't feel any heavier than uh, than Rococo, but I, I would say what Richie said to me in the last game we played. Man, there's just so many things to track. I mean, that's really what it is. Having making sure the icons. It's really watching the icons, and once you understand how to play the game, it's not that heavy. 
Yeah, agreed. I mean, I don't think. I mean, there's more going on it in it than Rococo, but I would say if you're listening to this podcast and you've been listening to this for a while, that this would come in at like a medium weight game for just like the gaming hobby. Probably most people would consider this like medium heavy. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean it. It is definitely, and I was telling Dan this. I feel like this is very medium light to me. I do not find this to be. <laughs> This I, is the I way don't. he dismisses it. No, I'm not. I'm no, not no, joking. There's, there's. I mean, it is a what, very. What else simple... is medium light? Give me another example yeah, of medium yeah. light. Because uh, Rococo is not that heavy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying. I mean, it's a little bit lighter than Rococo to me. Uh, this is Raja <laughs> of the Ganges. You know, it's light like Raja of the Ganges. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I'm telling you guys. Now, maybe not on your first game because you're learning what's going where or whatever, but I'm talking by the fourth or fifth game. There's not a lot of thought process in this game. You're just grabbing the animals. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. No, I'm, not, no. I'm being serious. I think you're being dis- no, I think you're being dismissive. I'm not. Okay. okay. Well, what are you doing? It's kind of the repetitive same thing over and over and over again, aren't you? You're just simply... Well, you're, it's an engine down. builder. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you could you, say that about a lot of engine builders. I understand, but I'm just, but I'm just saying... I, I don't think that this is definitely, I, I'm, I'm not trying to dismiss it. I'm not trying to say anything bad about it. I'm just saying I was arguing that this is a lighter game on the Euro spectrum than say something like, you know, like I said, you know, I mean, it's, it's not a medium heavy type of game. And, and Dan was trying to argue with me that this is a medium heavy game. No, I, I don't said, think it's medium heavy. No, I know, but I, I don't again, think it depends on who you are. I get that. Yeah, I would think the but, most people that classify it either medium or medium heavy medium light because there's just way too much that you have to track yeah, yeah in this game and there's also the fact that yes it, i mean it's an engine builder you're trying to you know get the tags that work together but that doesn't always that's not an easy thing to do like Me- you have to create an engine that can get you going I mean, at least to play the game well. Right. I mean, you have to get the engine going well, and it's not necessarily straightforward. I would say medium light is more wingspan. That is a medium light engine builder, I would say. Mm. And I guess I I don't feel like this is that much heavier than wingspan, but that's me. I also play five hours of bandits and tomahawks (laughs) and don't finish half the game. So don't, you know, don't get me. I just was curious what you guys thought of it for, for the heaviness of it. So, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, player count. What have you guys played it at? I've played it at one, two, and four. Uh, two, three, and four. I've played it at one, two, three, and four. Chad, Did you guys have a favorite? Trumping us. <laughs> uh, they're all the same to me, honestly. It, you are honestly playing your own game. But, there, There's the chance that someone might hit you with some venom or one of those other tokens. But like we said, it, it goes away at break. It's usually not that big of a deal. You just have to pivot and do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed all my plays, uh, but like, I don't necessarily ever need to play it at four again. Yeah. I, the nice thing about two was it's fast. I mean, you're like, boom, back and forth, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. So you really get to move fast. Uh, certainly at four, if you get a couple people that are, you know, a little bit, maybe not understanding the game as much or a little AP ish, you know, it can start to drag a little bit in that sense. I would agree with Richie. I don't ever see playing it at four again. I just wouldn't want to take that much time uh, i'd probably like to stick to the two or three player count 
Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite way to play it, too. Although, I will say, uh, I really liked Solo. I thought it moved really quick. Uh, just for everybody, really quick, what the Solo game is, you have this little cardboard thing with six cubes on it. Every time you take a card action, you slide one of the cubes over to the right. When it gets down to the bottom cube, you take the top cube off of uh, the the cardboard and put it on one of the uh, spaces where you could pay for points and uh, then donations. Yeah. Donations. Thank you. And then you slide everything back to the left and now you have one less cube to move over and you keep doing your card actions. Once there's only two cubes left uh, next time uh, that happens, then you have ended the game. And if your score markers cross, you've won. If they haven't by that time, you didn't. Solo might be my favorite way to play. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Because right. I mean, it is because the fact that you're limited by the actions, it makes it more challenging. It's really you challenging. You have to get an engine going quickly. Yep. And get it out there. So I I do like the added pressure of the game against you in the solo. It is very snappy. And I will mm -hmm. say, you are beholden to card draw in this game. There's a huge stack of cards. And if you're planning on getting reptiles out and no reptiles come to you, you know, that is a thing. Uh, I don't think that it can't came to be a huge thing in game but it is a thing so you yeah, know if that I mean, bothers you the fact that the reputation track is out there and that you can snap up cards from there mm -hmm. uh i think helps that a little bit sure but yes you sure. are you depends on what cards you get in your hand okay um do you guys want to touch on uh replayability variability and replayability i think yes. those those I, player boards add a lot yeah i think the player boards just the the sheer number of cards, like 200 plus cards in there. So, I mean, it's, you, you may see some, you know, cards over as you're playing, but as far as the engine that you're going to build, maybe you're going to probably be using different cards every game for the most part. So, right. Right. Uh, I would agree on the variability. Certainly the boards can make you know, a little bit of a difference. I mean, you still obviously are the same basic type of zoo. You just might have a different, a uh, little small little player power type thing. And sometimes even the things, the bonuses you get from either getting the universities or the or the uh, continent uh, cooperation things are a little bit different. So uh, certainly the cards are, are going to be variable. However, I mean, and I'm not trying to be devil's advocate here, but, you know, I mean, one different type of baboon is, you know, I mean, might be, the two cards may be different, but they're basically still kind of giving you the same thing. You sure, know, they still sure. same area they need to put it in, those you know, type of thing. So, right. I mean, it's not like just because the card has a different name, it's it's completely different. Um, you know, replayability for me, I'll talk in my final thoughts. So, okay. Well, before we give our final thoughts, Richie, will you spout off the Punchboard Paradise <laughs> scale? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so... Um, uh, on Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. Clef, get us started. Okay. Um, I mean, this game, boy, when it was getting talked about, this was the this is one of the biggest hyped games I have seen or heard about in a long time. And I certainly was ready to jump in because, you know, I I, I like to play the hotness. I mean, that's just who I am. And so I was excited. I was excited when I got it. Uh, I thought, you know, when I heard about the card play, that was something I was like, that is really cool. Um, I hadn't actually played a civilization, a new dawn yet. When I, when I heard about this card play, obviously before I played it, I played civilization, a new dawn. I thought, Ooh, this card play is really cool. I'm excited for this. Uh, I got this game. And like I said, sat down first day, opened it up, read from the rule book, played it. It was a really cool puzzle. It's really cool on which cards are you going to use, which cards are you going to upgrade, 
you know, then what, how, you know, how are you trying to get your appeal points, but yet keep your conservation up? You've also got that reputation track, you know, so there's some really cool different things going on. And so game one, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging this. Then I came back and I played it again in game two. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's interesting. I understand it now. So now I feel like, okay, I could do, you know, not to say that I'm doing any better in it. I'm just, you know, I understand at least what I'm trying to do. Um, certainly, you know, maybe, oh man, I wish I had this card compared to this card, you know, so a little bit of luck of the draw, but then I got to my third game and I'm like, okay, yep. All right. I've done that. Yep. Okay. I got that, you know, type of thing. And then I got to my fourth game and I'll tell you right now, game is already running out of steam for me. Uh, I feel like this is definitely, it's going to be the same thing every time I play because, because it is just a solo mode. It's just, a, it's a, a very, very good puzzle, but it is just kind of a solo puzzle that I'm kind of just doing with, you know, other people kind of maybe at moments doing a little things to mess me up, you know, or I got to reconfigure or whatever. But for the most part, it's just kind of my puzzle. And so when we, when you say, you know, replayability, for me, this one is already starting to run out of steam. I'm already kind of at the point of, okay, uh, do I really want to, you know, like people came up to me and said, Hey, I really would like you to teach me this. Okay. Yes, absolutely. But you know, for me to be like a, Ooh, Hey, let's go play Ark Nova. I think it's already on kind of the downward sp spiral for me. That being said, I think this game is an excellent game. I think this, the designer, Mateus Wiggy has, what else has he done? Do we, is, I think this might be his first game. I mean, that I is amazing, That's especially for, for first a game. first designer game. This is absolutely knocks it out of the park. And I feel like this game is going to be a game that is going to last the test of time. I, I think this is going to be like kind of a wingspan for a, like a heavier wingspan, I would say. And I think this is going to, I mean, capstone, boom. I mean, they are, whew, they are on a roll. Um, for me, I'm going to come in at a three. I think it's a solid game. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my plays. It's probably pretty close to hitting the sell shelf for me, but it's a game that I still would play if others wanted to play it, but it's not a game that I'm going to be like, hey, guys, I really want to play Ark Nova. So, so right there for me, it's coming in at a very, very solid three. And yeah, Richie, what do you got? Um, and, I, and I would agree that, I mean, it is definitely your solo puzzle. So if you are looking for an interactive game, this is, this is not it. Um, for me, there are like, I, I do play solo quite often, uh, just depending on the game. This one, once I get the physical game, I don't know how often I'm setting that up for solo, but it's on tabletop simulator. And that's where I've been playing solo a lot uh, of it. And I enjoy the puzzle. It, it is one that I have not gotten tired of yet. But I don't. I don't need anyone else there. <laughs> <is the thing>. <laughs> <laughs> I You know, when I get it, obviously I'm going to teach uh, Jessica, uh, and if she likes it, great. If she doesn't, doesn't really matter. Okay. I get the same satisfaction playing the solo game as well. Uh, but I, I enjoy the card play. I enjoy everything that I'm doing in the game. Like I said, I have not gotten tired of it yet. Uh, as a, I'm going to come in at the five. Wow. As a solo game only. Wow. It may be a six. But it but it's coming in at a five for me. Okay. All right. Well, I I really like this game. I I play a lot of interactive games and uh, like those. And and sometimes I play some you know sort of multiplayer solitaire. And this is one of those that I enjoy. And I I don't mind setting up the the actual game game um, just because 
I'm building my zoo when I do it. So with the solo game, I have that zoo in front of me. And uh, so I like the solo game for that reason. But I actually like, you know, putting together a little story about uh, my zoo with somebody across the table from me. And I, I can see, and this is, you know, I can see them adding decks. I can see them adding different boards and things to this. I mean, I feel like this game could really be the game you want it to be. I feel like they could come out with an interactive deck or an interactive part of the board where they could make it something different. I mean, just in the same way that Scythe is like more fighty now, you know, if you want it to be. I feel like they will do or could do some of that. So does it really make sense with the zoo, though? What It doesn't really make like, did I throw that platypus at you and it, it bit you? <laughs> they don't bite. They sting with their barb, barbed <laughs> back feet. <laughs> Either way, did I throw it? Like, well, well, how does it make its feathers like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense with the with the theme. Well, I I, 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 I don't I, see them doing that. I agree that they will probably do that. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm just telling so, you. I think it'll uh, happen. But um, I because, don't I don't need it in this. I game mean, look at look at ter- terraforming Mars is your is your is your guide basically. Look at all the stuff that they've done with that, and it could be overstuffed too. But you could just put yeah. in what you want it to no. be. Yeah, I yeah. agree. But yeah. you're at least corporations. I understand yes. like corporations messing with other corporations. You never hear of zoos trying to poison their <laughs> other zoo employees. Like uh, <laughs> say. Henry Lurley Zoo, you know, is like, ooh, we're going to screw the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the snakes can bite you, you know? I mean, that's how they're interactive right now. The snakes bite you, and, you know, you didn't even say, like, hey, Chad, I'm going to bite you. I don't know how I bit you, but I'm going to bite you. You you did that. How about you give a rating there, Chad? <laughs> Richie interrupted me. Okay. Can I finish? It doesn't make any Can sense. I finish? Can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. Uh, no, but I just, uh, I would give it a five. Uh, and I, I could see this with certain expansions added to the game to possibly even make it more interactive. I could see this going up to a six. So my rating is a, is a very solid five. Nice. So our ratings are a three from Clef, a five from Richie, and a five from Chad. Hey, speaking of... Uh, expansions, by the way, did you guys see that they're putting out uh, new barrage maps here soon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Like a two player, maybe, two player, and a, uh, a Nile that has to do with the Nile and stuff. Yeah. Really yeah. That cool. Nile mm-hmm. sounds really cool. Like where there's a lot of water there, but you know, but there was some other restriction or something that yeah. the power doesn't go as much or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. I've played some good games of barrage here lately. Yeah. So. Good game. Yeah. Well, speaking of expansions, yeah, it's time for a look back. And you talked about ketchup mechanisms earlier. That is perfect time to bring up Food Chain Magnate and the ketchup expansion. It was uh, just a bit ago that we reviewed this, and uh, we all like this game quite a bit. You gentlemen remember what you gave it? Yep, a six. Uh, Yeah, I would imagine a six. I, I didn't look, but if I didn't give it a six, then... I was crazy. <laughs> You've been known to be. But yeah, you gave it a six. I gave it a five. You got a five? Okay. Yeah. So I don't think I've given a six. Ever? I don't think I've ever given a six. I thought you gave Brass a six. Did I? Maybe I did. Joe Farrell, can you go back and tell me how much? <laughs> <laughs> he has. He has already has to have given <laughs> yeah, he has. He's already done this. I, I do believe you gave uh, Brass a six. There's there's got to be another game out there. He gave a six. What about Marvel Champions? Did he give that a six? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. 
Uh, Age of Steam. We've done Age of Steam. You had to give Age of Steam a six. It's your second favorite game of all time. You didn't I, give Age of Steam a six. I just don't know if I gave it a six then when we did that. Did we review Age of Steam? Yeah, we did Age of Steam, Steam, and Railways of the World oh. all together. Well, then I probably gave that one a six. <laughs> so. All right. I'm I'm at a six, and I'm, I'm, I've moved up to a seven. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I, I've turned it up to 11 at this uh, it's, point. It's, it's such it's a fantastic fun. game. I'm I'm a little angry that Chad is willing to play a game with Brockman, which Brockman is on our level. I said I said that to Chad. Today. <laughs> I didn't know. I said Brockman's been sneaky with you, going, "Oh, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing." Uh. Brockman's and then on he's our crushing level. Him. Yeah, because he knows exactly what he's doing. He is exactly on our level, and oh yeah, I'll play with you, Chad. Oh, fun, fun. Uh huh. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. I haven't ever. Uh, and yeah. I will say I really hate playing online because I can't see what's been done at all. That's I can't see the history of it i mean you can just click the history tab yeah i know but it is just it is just so annoying i'm just pushing buttons i'm just i'm just pushing buttons yeah. at this point i would i would like to play in person and i would even play brockman i guess in person but like but what about us yeah. well joe you gonna get better if you joe was, yeah. joe was playing his second game so we'll that's, get, that's we'll get joe least. over, we'll get joe we'll over get and you and brockman and we'll play a yeah. nice little five player oh man i feel like a punching bag oh Nah, just, we'll nah. throw it all in. Just we'll, we'll just we're rock and roll. It'll <laughs> <Yeah>. be amazing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if there's much more to say for hey, us. Yeah, we I love mean, this. This has everything that we, Richie and I specifically love in a game. It's my number two. What was it for you? My number three. Your number three, I mean, Chad. Work. Go either way. You gave so. some ridiculous notes, like in your I somewhere in, in your top fifty. It's still in his like top one hundred. Yeah, it's in his top fifty. He knows it's a really good game. It just it has everything, but the catch up expansion. Made a really great game, oh, yeah. a superior, amazing game. And, yeah, it's fantastic uh, with that. Yeah, absolutely. All the different modules work, uh, and even the ones that are not that exciting, like the uh, the movie stars for the the waitress. That if depending yeah. on the modules that you throw in, they could be oh, good. Yeah. So, and I bet you there's people out there who play this a lot more than me and you mm -hmm. that probably definitely can use other strategies and different things. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, I will say I don't. I mean. Let's be honest. Everybody's going to start off with one of the three main ways to play the game. I mean, you're going to start with uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to uh, the training or the recruiting or the or the advertising. But yep. but other than that, you know, then it can just go so many ways. And I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's definitely a game you can lose on the very first or second turn of the game. And uh, but it is. You know, but it's also a game that you can win on like the last turn. Like yeah. if, if you are, you know. Kind of Building saving up. up for this yep. gigantic turn. Now it's possible that that gigantic turn is going to be one turn too, too long, too short. But, yeah. uh, but if it's not, then you can really yeah. you know pull in a win on the last turn. Yeah, as well. I remember a time with Corey's we were playing. Uh, I think it was a four player, maybe it was a five player game of it, and I didn't have a single dollar until the very last round, yeah. and I made enough money to win the whole thing. So just just tremendous. But anyways, we should go to the punch punch and stop talking about it and see what they have. To yeah. Uh, Ryan Espen says. I adore the expansion. The new milestones are great for experienced players. Coffee is a hilarious mode, and I tend to add sushi to the mix when I can. Only module I did not enjoy were the fries. Yeah, I can't argue with them there. Haven't tried ketchup or the actresses yet. All right, very good. The next comment's from Christopher Evans. I've played them 30, 30 plus times. 
Love Food Chain Magnate with the Ketchup Expansion. My group plays exclusively with every module at this point, and it's incredible. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's oh impressive. We did, we did that, that one, one time. time and it was I like, can't even imagine wow. that. that. There's <laughs> yeah. so much to keep track of just in the yeah. base game, I feel like, because oh. you're always having to keep track of everybody else's hiring and right. stuff like that. Right. And then with, oh. Now, oh I wouldn't God. turn down a game if it's every module, but I do. No, like, I wouldn't either, yeah. <laughs> I like our drafting system of just yeah. drafting a, a couple yeah. of That's them a cool idea. Yeah, I like yeah, that. So. Well, Ben Neff says, I've played the base game. Food Chain Magnate doesn't appeal to me. It is a sandbox of options, and the heart of the game is interacting with your internal economy and your competition. To be good at the game means paying attention to their corporate structure as much as your own. There's a lot of variables to manage, and the end results can be pretty mean as there's often a zero-sum game going on. The game design is intelligent and interesting, but not my favorite type of game experience. The components and art are just okay. As a whole, it's not a game I personally am eager to play again anytime soon. Two on the punchboard scale. Which Man. that's what Ben Coverly gave it too. Yeah. I, I would agree with everything Ben just and said. And then give it the six. <laughs> and then give it the six. I mean, yeah. everything he just said is what I love about yeah. it. Sure. But it's a hundred percent true. Yeah, it, it is, is a mean game. It is a but very, it, very mean such game. A, I mean but I mean, you really gotta like mean games to to really enjoy it. Because right. I, I I get joy out of when I think I'm about to sell something, then Clef goes points out no, 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 no. No. See, this I opened this and I open. lowered the price, and this, yeah, I'm exactly. selling all of these pizzas, not you. Or, or so. yeah, or when you think you're about to sell to that big like five thing, you know, house with a garden, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you realize, oh no, you you're stuck with selling to that yeah. crappy house, <laughs> and, and you just use your burger, there, and yeah. you don't. Yeah, but so don't good. you get more joy when you do that? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just, just sure. check it. I get joy when it happens to anybody. It's honestly, so oh, it's such a great game. Punch, punch, anybody wants to play this at PPCon, you come and see me because I'm ready to play it. Or Richie and I are ready to play yeah. it. Yeah. If you don't know how to play, play it, don't play it. a chance. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, you guys remember, I don't know, somewhere in 2021 when we used to do the uh, BGG Top 100 look back thing? Oh, yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. That was a long <laughs> time ago. Well, we're ready to start it back up. Okay. All right. And uh, we got five games here that I'm pretty sure are the next five on the list. <laughs> oh, boy. We, we might be talking about the same games, but I don't think I, I don't think so. Either. I don't remember talking about any of Me these. So. Uh, we are on a number 64 and number 64 is Eclipse, um, the second edition. Eclipse. Eclipse, a new dawn, a new dawn. Yeah. OK. Um, haven't played it. I have not played it either. The, the original played, we is, played the original. Is, yeah, but yeah, it's upcoming. It's upcoming. So. Yeah. So I can't really say. I don't no. know if they fixed some things I, or what. I think they or, said they, they did change some things with some and of the whatnot, missiles but and stuff like that. The randomness in that game for yeah. how long the game is and everything that's going on in the game really was a, a turnoff. A little bit. I mean, I, I'd always be willing to try because, you know, sometimes they realize and they fix some things. Yeah. So who yep. knows? But. Yeah, if, uh, if anyone in the Punch Bunch has it and it's coming to PeeFeeCon, yeah. bring it along. I'll bring play along. it. All right. Sure. All right, number 63 is Robinson Caruso. I have not played it. I've read, oh, I mean, I've tried to read the rule book. I used to own this. I thought Richie was about to say I've read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was forced to read the book at some point as well. But no, I, I, I own the original edition, the first okay. edition, uh, which just notorious for having a terrible rule book, which it did. And right. I, I could not get through the rule book. So I ended up selling that, and then I never... I never tried the latest edition, and I think it's going back on GameFound or Kickstarter for a like a deluxe edition here soon as well. Okay, I liked the book. All right, <laughs> so we got a uh, no one's played it. Chad <laughs> likes the book. All right, we're doing really good with this set of five. I know. 
thank goodness we got the next one here at number 62, Mr. Vital Lacerda, Lisboa. Ah. <laughs> ah, it's, it's such a pretty game. It is very, it is a it's beautiful gorgeous. game. It's, it's absolutely a beautiful game. Um, I still haven't gotten to play with the, the Queen Queen's variant. variant. You know, I mean, That's I, still the, like I mean, it's definitely it, the best but, way to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, you know, I haven't played this in a long time and it'd be one that, you know, if Chad all of a sudden said, Hey, I'd like to play Lisboa. I would be like, let's do it. You know, uh, my favorite thing when people ask me, like uh, when they ask, it comes up that I have a board game podcast or, you know, and mm-hmm. do what do I like to play Monopoly? And I'll, I, I usually will be like, <laughs> no, actually, my favorite board game is you remember that time in the 1500s when like a tsunami and a flood and an earthquake all wiped out Lisboa? <laughs> well, this there's this board game that's about rebuilding the economy, using the ministers and also getting shipping lanes going and also doing the <laughs> that's that's one of the board games. That's one of my favorites. Is this their looks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Can I leave now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chad, what would you give this as a rating? Oh, it's a six. See, there's another six. But I didn't <laughs> okay. rate. I mean, that, that wasn't in my review, though. I'm just saying. All right, all right, yeah. all right, all right. You've so. definitely given sixes. Uh, um, <laughs> not many. I, it's it's fine. It's not. I you know I, I repurchased. I purchased it. Got with the Queen's variant, and I I I enjoyed it. But it's just this one just does not just doesn't do anything for me. Uh, so I'm coming in at a three. It's fine. Yeah, it's definitely a three for me. Nothing against the game. It's it's excellent. I just, obviously, I don't have my copy anymore. And it's not a game that I'm ever going to be like, hey, guys, let's play Lisboa. Yeah, so I'd rather play soon, so. On Mars, Galaris, Vinos. Like, I would just rather play his other games. Yeah, mm. uh, I agreed. So, all right. Uh, next, for number 61, we have Aeon's End. Uh, with the exception of that Brockman made a very large uh, insert for Richard Wilson's uh, game of this. I don't know anything about it. I played it. It is a a cooperative deck builder where your cards, the way you play them are the way that you're going to basically pick them up and have them be in your deck again. Uh, So you're trying to think of that in reverse, basically, which is interesting. I mean, it's a very interesting idea. It just... To be quite honest, it feels like a deck builder that's also kind of a dungeon crawler, which is just not my thing. I, I like de- I like deck builders when I'm when they've got something interesting to offer, which this does. But they're you know I play them a lot with my family because they like deck builders, and I really it has to be something special though, and I, I definitely don't want to play a cooperative deck builder, so it, it just wasn't for me. I I see why people like it, but I just didn't want to do the dungeon crawl with the cooperation part. It, it wasn't interesting. It was on sale for $25, so I did buy it like a couple <laughs> months ago. <Yeah. laughs> uh, with the plans on playing it with uh, Jessica or playing it with the Stuckies when they come over, but it has not happened yet. Okay. And finally, number 60, we have Android Netrunner. I don't have much knowledge of this one either. Uh, it's another one that came into the collection, tried to read the rule book. And it went out of the collection. I have two plays of it. I got the Nisei reprint deck. So the, this card company, I can't remember what they call what they're called, but since Android Netrunner went out of circulation and Fantasy Flight stopped making it, there's this other um, group of of card makers that uh, make a game called Nisei, which is basically a corporation. Uh, and so I got that and had Jake teach me. I played a couple games of that already, and I. 
I mean, it's a shame that I have a board game podcast, so I'm playing all new things all the time, but I could see myself really getting into it. It is a little bit obfuscated by um, all the mechanisms are called different thematic things uh, rather than like your deck and your hand of cards. They're, you know, you're, I, I'm making stuff up right now, but your flip and your wick and your, you know, different, different <laughs> stuff like that. R&D. Yeah, R, I don't know. grip. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Thank you. Um, those kinds of things, it, it, you know, so it just doesn't. Gotcha. It's not easy to learn, but mm. it, it is interesting card play. Okay, well, rating, yeah. Oh, right, rating. rating. Uh, you know, I give it a, uh, I give it a provisional four, possibility of Ooh. a five if I had more plays. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Very good. Well, that was not exactly the most stellar top five for the for us. <laughs> no, mean, for me especially, <laughs> I've only played one out of the, the five of these. So that's, I mean, honestly, uh, you could probably just do the next uh, five. You want to just do the next five? Let's just do the next five. We're doing the next five. Let's just do the next five. Number 59, PAX Premier, second Ooh. edition. Oh, yeah. Boom. Back that's into such the a fantastic race. game. Ugh. You know what? This, that's a game where it's like, I almost feel like that's such a bang for your buck game. Like if you said to somebody, hey, you got a group of four people, you want to get a game and just play it and play it and play it and play it and have some stories you know, and learn emergent gameplay, that is that is the game. Uh, this is just absolutely, obviously, one of my, it's in my top 10. It's just an amazing game every time I play it. Uh, just recently with uh, with the two Joes, uh, we, we had a, a day gaming, and uh, we played this, we played Brass, Clans of Caledonia, Heaven and Ale, and Barrage, Whew. all in like an eight-hour span. We all knew the games, <laughs> and we just, boom, we blew right through them, but we played this and just... You know, just, uh, you know, and, and the game is so, like, Joe Farrell had all the money. Like, mm-hmm. he had, he, like, every, almost every single dollar, because it's a closed economy, and yeah. almost every yeah. single dollar, you know, but then it was zero victory points, you know. so But it's, you know, <laughs> just one of those things where it's just, you know, there's so many different ways to play it. It's it's mm-hmm. just so well done. I mean, this, obviously, to me, this is Cole Worley at his, at his best, obviously, Uh some people might say that's this other little game that has little woodland creatures in it, but I would say <laughs> this is definitely his. I best, meant to send so. you that picture. I have a picture of Cup playing Root here recently. Yes. Oh, because <laughs> uh, the problem is Dan does not explain the entire the entire thing. Okay. Uh, that it was night, someone's birthday or something. It, that's okay. always the excuse no, that it's someone's no, birthday. Okay. I'm starting to think that you're the one requesting this. On also, I want you to know, no. do you remember the games I get out of my birthday? And Clef's like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. All right, what, what was the, what's the excuse this time and why no, you're playing the, your, okay. your second Dan favorite had played, whole worldly game? Dan had played a... I, all right, I caught what you said there. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, Dan had played a... I, I, I threw a brand new medium weight Euro on Dan that I had to basically read from the rule book, which he hates when I do that. So mm-hmm. he had played that. And then uh, we played a five-player game of Age of Steam, and uh, I don't know what's happened to Dan, but he just does not enjoy Age of Steam. <laughs> he just, uh, he just doesn't, you know, I don't know. He, he just struggles he, at it. Yeah. So okay. he, you know, and it was actually we got to play, and I'm just going to throw this in real quick. We got to play the new uh, map that is going to be coming out from Eagle Griffin. That's called Lincoln town funeral or Lincoln car funeral or something like that, uh, which is kind of just where this Lincoln funeral heads from town to town. And every time you deliver to the city where Lincoln's in, you get some bonus income and then you, this I mean, is you should probably you save this for the age of steam podcast, but, but you know, well, Hey, <laughs> hey a little, a little, a little taste, a little taste, a little taste, a little taste. That you get. but anyways, um, so he had played that. 
So he had played two games he did not want to play. All he wanted to do was play Root. So am I going to say to uh, my good friend, no, I'm now not going to play a game because you just played these two? I mean, you say it to Chad all the time. I do not. <laughs> I played said his 18X, good friend. <laughs> I played 18XX the other day with him, and I've told him I will play more 18XX with him. I have already right. said I would. Uh, that, uh, that's a big concession there, Chad. I, I will. I don't I expect to be able play, to hold him to I just it. said I play Lisboa with him. I... I more right, enjoy right. the company that I'm playing with and want them to play their favorite games. Okay. So I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I hate Root. <laughs> I do it because I like my friends. All right. I don't hate Root, but... What game were we even talking about? Pax, we were talking Pax about Premier. Pax Premier, and I will just say... <laughs> Six. Six. Pax Premier's second edition is why I'm looking forward to John Company's second edition here soon. Okay, right. Uh, which that should be quick. Coming quickly. Yeah, it should. So six, 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 six. Six across the board. All right. Uh, Next, we have The Gallerist. Oh, that's another six that he gave. No, I did did not give it a a six. And we didn't even rate it. Pax Premier? Pax Premier. Oh, yes, that I did give it a six. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I thought you were talking about Gallerist. We're going to find them all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Gallerist, probably my second favorite Lacerda. I still think I like Vino's just a smidge better, but... Um, I really enjoy the gallerist. I just remember the rules more for the gallerist. I think that's why it's still staying up at the top of my, I'd my have Lacerda. To, I'd so. have to reread the whole part about how you move the barrels back and forth on Vinos. Like, yeah. Right. Like yeah, I know yeah, yeah. the basics parts of it, but yeah, I'd have to reread that whole part. Mm, where yep. where the, the gallerist, gallerist I pretty I could, much got. Yeah, yeah. Especially that little player aid they give is so yeah. good. It's the least complicated of his games, I yeah. feel like, of so. the big ones. So yeah, I give this a, a four. Four. I think I give it a four. A yeah. high, high four. I give it a four. Yeah, probably a four. Five. I'm going five. Whoa, whoa. I'm going five. Moving up to five. Okay. Uh, Next, we have the first edition, another one of these games on here, just like Eclipse a second ago. Uh, This is Through the Ages. So this is the first edition. Um, I'm pretty sure the other one is much higher up on the list now. Um, I have only played the new edition. I never played the old edition. So I don't have anything, you know... Don't really have great knowledge about it anyways. Maybe we should uh, have Ben Maddox do a little blip on this and send it to us, and, and he can tell us sure. all about it. All so. I've done is played the tutorial for the app. So, Which is a good tutorial. <laughs> it was a good tutorial. I didn't actually yeah. play the game, but... Must maybe you and I good. should get... Maybe <laughs> we should make that a resolution that you and I get a game going on sure. our apps. So. Okay. okay. All, right. all right. Next, we have... Eclipse. Eclipse. Well, we played it. Uh, uh, Richie's, the old version. Yeah, Richie smeared us. Yeah. And uh, he got that alien tech and just killed. But us. it was all random. I mean, I didn't. No, you, I did you're not just do running anything. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't do anything to actually make that happen. And I uh, and I have a hard time saying after just one play. Well, sure. I don't understand what other people sure. see in this game, but boy, I just didn't see it. It sure. just didn't seem like anything that was you know. And I certainly, and I understand some people. Oh, well, it's a Twilight, a quicker Twilight Imperium or whatever. But I, I didn't even see that out of it. So no, I like I said, the randomness was just the killer for me. It's just. It's very easily that I went to, through all those battles with the aliens and didn't get that tech and then come in last place as well. Right. Yeah. That could have easily have happened sure, as well. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'd give it a two off my one play. Two for me. And again, that's one play. So who yeah, knows? two. Yep. Uh, and finally, to finish us off here, number 55 on Mars. So another, the tallest order. That's uh, number three in this little uh, 10 uh, game 
what we've been through. This is more complicated than Gallerist, but I remember it because it feels lots of the rules feel thematic to me. So I, it's easy to remember. And I, I just like it. Oh, man, talk about beautiful. This board is real beautiful and all your bits and stuff. So, and I gave it a six, I think, when we reviewed it. Or no, I gave it, no, I gave it a five, but it's in my top 10. So I would revise it to a six. So it sounds like you about a lot of 36s. Now I have to say, now Chad's just throwing out sixes. Sixes all over You get a six and you get a six. Um, I mean, I liked this game, but one thing that can be said about it is uh, we reviewed it. I haven't played it since we reviewed, since reviewed it. it. I mean, it's yeah. just not even, it's not even been a thought for me. I don't own it. So that's part of it. But certainly I haven't had anybody knocking at my door saying, hey, let's play on Mars. Um, I liked it. I'll probably just come in at a four again. I think, you know, a solid game, uh, just not necessarily one that I'm clamoring to play. I'd probably come in. If, I mean, honestly, all the certas are either going to be a five or a three for me. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> either I really like them or I'm just very, you know, they're very mediocre to me. So yeah. right. I'll come in at a five. Well, there we go. Punch, punch, little bonus five wow. today. I mean, yeah, I guess since we haven't done it, like, in you know, I don't know. Probably half catch yeah, it's, yeah. It's possible that the first five we already did. But, you know, so, you yeah. Know. Who, knows? Who, knows? <laughs> Who knows? We for sure are back on track right now. Yeah. Somebody write this down. I'm going to write it down right here on this pad of mine. <laughs> it will never get erased. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, hopefully you're on track. You're having a good week. And, uh, you know, Punch Punch, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Eek's a mama!